Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to Unruffled ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. There's nothing like being totally engrossed in a good mystery or thriller. Audible has thousands of immersive audiobook titles to spark your imagination and get your heart thumping. Since it's summer, you might want to check out The Vacation Rental. Very well told and very unsettling. You won't want to turn it off. And since this is a parenting podcast, I should also mention that audiobooks are a wonderfully enriching experience for children because they aren't passive entertainment like other kids' media. They engage your child's imagination and can nurture both listening and language skills. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. New members can try Audible for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash unruffled or text unruffled to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. That's audible.com slash unruffled or text unruffled to 500-500 today. You can count on T-Mobile to help keep you connected. After investing billions to light up their network from big cities to small towns, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, when you switch to T-Mobile, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus Verizon and AT&T. Visit your neighborhood store or tmobile.com to switch. Plan savings with T-Mobile, third line free on essentials via monthly bill credits versus comparable available plans. Plan features may vary. Credits stop if you cancel or change plans. Hi, this is Janet Lansbury. Welcome to Unruffled. Today, I have a very special guest. Her name is Alwyn. She reached out to me in an email with the subject line, almost a success story. Of course, I always love to read success stories that people share with me. And it was interesting that she said almost. So I was intrigued and I read her story of how her repressed childhood memories came to the surface, sent her into what she calls a survival mode, merely existing as a mother. And the memories that resurfaced for her were overwhelming and made it feel impossible to be the kind of parent she wanted to be for her children. Her message is one of survival and hope and I think will be a gift for any parent listening. So, hello, Alwyn. Good morning. It's evening for me, morning for you over there in Australia. I just want to say straight out that you are my favorite kind of hero. You reached out to me with your subject line, not yet a success, which I love that in itself for so many reasons that you know you're in a process. And your goal is this just beautiful thing. And I'm just going to read it from your, from your note here. Your goal is that you want to spread awareness that it's okay to not have it all together, that others are not a failure if they feel that way. You said, I want your listeners to know that no matter what it is that they are failing at as mothers, no matter what it is they are doing wrong, there is so much they're doing right so anyway, this, this yeah. message that you're so brave to be here and share with us is you want to give hope. I'm just in awe of you. So I just have to say that starting out. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely quite emotional even as I talk because being willing to be seen is probably the biggest obstacle that I've had to overcome. And so I started out, you know, I wanted to be a mother my whole entire life. And uh, I guess I, I I imagined it would be hard, 
but I just never imagined it to be as hard as as it has been. And um, I started out my journey and I became a mom and I was really, really blessed to find a group called the Conscious Mothers. I didn't have any idea about conscious mothering or respectful parenting. I was starting to really, really struggle with my my toddler. Um, he was 16 months at the time and was really, really struggling with his behaviors. And I remember saying to someone, I was like, I'm just angry all the time. And I'm just so tired of being angry and he doesn't deserve it. And I remember... I remember people saying to me it was normal that, you know, it's okay to be angry. It's kids make you angry. And I think it upset me that that was normal. It upset me that everyone was saying that it was okay for me to be angry all the time, but I didn't feel like it was okay. I didn't feel like this was the way it was meant to be. I had this vision of motherhood and and what it was turning out to be was not what I expected. Um, and gratefully, I, I had been a part of this group and explained the issues that I was having with my toddler. I was getting so uncomfortable with his emotions that I was, you know, considering self-harming. I hit myself over the head with a plate just so I wouldn't hurt him. And I, I thought there must be another way. And um, that's when they forwarded me on to your work. And I, I'll be truly honest, you know, when I started listening to your work, I think like many other moms and many other parents, all I felt was complete lack. You know, I, I just felt I must be such a useless mom because where Janet is talking about, you know, as a parent feels like a million miles away from where I am. But I wanted things to be different. And so I really tried to start implementing your techniques. And I really noticed that there was a difference, you know, Yes, it seems so far from what I'd been taught, as in suppress children's emotions and not see them as, you know, individuals. I got to a point where your techniques, you know, the, the way that you um, were teaching parenting, I just, I was failing at it. You know, I was really, really feeling like I just couldn't get it right. Why was I so angry? I know that, you know, my toddler and my children have these big emotions, but why do I feel so helpless and why do I feel so hopeless all the time? I must be a failure. There must be something wrong with me. I'm so glad you're being honest about this. And I, I've, I've heard that before and it makes sense to me, your perspective on what I'm doing at first. What were some of the things that you were trying that you, you just felt you couldn't do? Are there any specifics that you remember? Well, what I realized, I guess, is you know, with respectful parenting, it's about giving them choice and it's about being able to see them in all their big emotions and they're exploring. You can say, you know, oh, I can't let you do that, but I can let you do something else. But I found myself getting really angry. You know, I, I've listened to so many of your podcasts and other parents and it made me so comforted to know that, you know, where kids were constantly going into the pantry and pulling out the food and and I was like, I should be reacting with love and wow, I see you really want to get the food, but I can't let you do that. But I was reacting with anger and an anger that was so uncharacteristic for me. I just couldn't bridge the gap. It was like from zero to 100. So I knew all the things I was meant to be doing. Well, I mean, we're not supposed to love that, just to be fair. We're not supposed to love yeah. that our children are doing those things. Yeah, but even, I guess, the distance and the spatial awareness that I could see that what he was doing was not a direct reflection on me. 
and my right. parenting and who I was as a person. But it felt threatening. It Everything felt-, felt threatening. And so essentially, I guess what it got to really for me was um, I was able to be quite a calm person until I had kids. And then when I had kids two years ago, I had a lot of suppressed memories of abuse from my childhood come up. And that really set me into a spiral, as you can imagine, you know, years of memories that you didn't have before all rushing to the forefront. And every pain that I had, I literally just sank into a deep, deep hole. And I had these two kids that were under tree. Wow. They needed me. And, and, you know, my kids were the most incredible fighters because they wouldn't let me suppress them. They wouldn't allow me to just put them in a box and say, leave me to just sink into a hole. They fought every day. And by that, I mean, they kept on pushing the boundaries. You know, if there was times where I didn't want to get out of my bed, my, my four-year-old or my three-year-old would go up and break something so that I would be forced to get up and take care of him, you know, so that I would be forced to step (sighs) forward and be his mother. I had so much anger. I had so much sadness. And I was seeing these kids as, and actually with my inner child. And and I speak quite a lot about inner child because essentially all of us parents have wounded inner children. You know, it doesn't have to be great things like abuse. It doesn't have to be great things that we're conscious of. But no matter who it is, we all carry some sort of wound from childhood that isn't healed. And we carry that little child within us that never got to grow past that point. And so essentially what I got to was I had two little boys who were screaming to be seen and screaming for safety and screaming for love. And they were reflecting within me a little girl who was constantly wanting to be loved, who was constantly wanting to be seen. And so it got into this fight. My toddlers were fighting my inner child and who gets preference, whose needs are more important, you know? Yeah. What, what happened when the, the memories came up for you? you know, was it just during the day or were you, you know, in a therapy no. session? Or- So when I started my spiritual journey, I guess, eight years ago, and when I started having reoccurring miscarriages, I was given the message at that point that I needed to heal some trauma. um, And then my children will come in, you know, they needed me to be the strong healer. That was from a psychic. But um, But you didn't know what that was that they were referring to? No, I didn't know what that trauma was. And so a few years ago, I started having more dreams, started having more things come up into my life where... I was like, these things aren't normal. These things aren't. And, and I have become a health and life coach at this point. And so I was very adept at exploring my inner world, exploring what was not working or, or what I was dealing with. And so I went to a lot of energy healers because I'm very much about energy. And I went to see psychologists and many different avenues. But really, it kind of just started to come up organically in my dreams in little kind of flashbacks, but I was able to push it down for quite a long time and ignore that it existed because I didn't want to believe it existed until it got to a point where my sister and I just, um, yeah, we had to sit down and we, we both really just kind of said, okay, we have to acknowledge that this happened because it's literally chasing us. And once we were kind of aware and ready to face it, 
those little wounded inner girls, those, those wounded children felt more safe to show us and give us more, you know. Essentially, I right. feel like as parents and as individuals, we give all of this energy to the children outside of ourselves. But I believe firmly after everything that I've been through, the first person that we need to start with is that little child within us. Because I wasn't capable of truly opening myself up to love, truly opening myself up to the possibility of of being that safe, unruffled parent that my kids needed. I didn't have safety within me, you know, and so... The biggest and most difficult part of the healing journey was I got to a point where my anger was really, really, really bad. And um, through that period, I really thought that my kids would have been better off without me because I was okay with the pain that I was feeling. But the only thing that I wasn't okay with was how my pain was affecting my children. And What I really, really wanted to share, especially on this um, podcast episode, is that I didn't have a choice or an option on how I reacted to my children. I knew and I still know how affecting that is for them and how affecting it was for them for me to be aggressive because I was. I had a little child in me who felt so unsafe and felt so unheard and unseen that my children triggered me constantly. They were mirrors for all of the deep pain and sadness I felt inside. And they just really wanted me to love myself as much as they loved me, but I couldn't love me. And so I got so angry about that and I was aggressive and I was lashing out at them. And I was thinking one day, what would Janet Lansbury say to you right now? You know, you're disgusting. You are pretty much hurting your children, you were so far away from a conscious, loving mother. Oh, gosh, I would never have said that. No, your your response was great, actually, your response in my head. I took a pause and I said, you know what? Janet Lansbury would say that you are doing everything that you can be doing. You are fighting every single minute of every single day and you are alive. And that's all she will care about right now. I just got to the point where... I decided that no matter what happened, I was going to live and I wouldn't leave my kids without a mom. I wouldn't take my life no matter how hard it got. And it got very hard. There was times where I considered um, signing myself into a mental health institute because I was concerned that I was going to hurt them. There was so much within me that was just wanting to be let go of and released As I continued on this journey, day by day, I just kept on saying to myself, Alwyn, you know the parent you want to be. And you've seen that it's possible. You know, through the little techniques that I've used, you know, from your work, I knew who I wanted to become. And I believed that, yes, I wasn't that person. And I still am struggling at times. But I believed that I could get there. I had that vision of the mom that I wanted to be and I wanted to be a safe mom I wanted to be safe for myself and for my kids and I wanted to be unruffled not as something I put on but actually just because I felt strong enough to give my kids that space to feel everything that they wanted to or needed to feel 
And so right. although I was quite angry and aggressive and I really hated myself in those times, now as I have come out the other side of it, I realized that it couldn't have been any other way. And that I can't compare myself to these moms who don't have that deep, deep anger because this is my path and this was my journey. My kids are the most incredibly beautiful, resilient, strong kids. And I believe that that's because of me, because they watched me fall to pieces. They watched me repair. And I did a lot of repairing throughout that time. But it's all because of the work that you've done and the awareness that I had that kept me fighting for their freedom and my own freedom because I knew what was possible at the end of it. So you'd gotten some glimmers being able to practice some of the ideas that I've shared. You saw that you could occasionally feel yourself doing those and giving your children space to, to feel their feelings or whatever it was. Yeah. But it sounds like you were still being steered by wounds. Yeah. And you, you weren't in control of yourself until you healed that. So I'm so glad that you you did. And, you know, one thing that really helped you is you found the self-compassion. Yeah. It's so key to be able to do any kind of healing or or really just to even become a better parent, you know, rise up out of whatever our natural reflexes might be as a parent, to know that it's a process and we're never going to be perfect at it, that you gave yourself that permission is, I think, such an important part of this for you and for everybody. You know, of course, this journey has been extremely difficult, but I am so incredibly grateful for it because I now get to experience my children and love my children in a way that I have never actually been able to do before I healed. I'd never been open to allowing someone into my heart because I was terrified they would break it, you know, and that included my children. I could never actually connect with them on the level that they deserved and I deserved. And in order to get to this point, I had to let a lot of my expectations of myself go. The TV, I was very strict on TV, no TV, you know, no sugar. I wanted the meeting organic. But all of that, I feel, was so secondary to the real needs that they weren't having met. Having a mother who could love herself enough to love them. And in order to get to that beautiful, strong, unruffled, powerful woman, I had to let the expectations of myself go and the expectations of, oh, but if they watch TV, you know, it's going to be a cycle and I don't want them watching TV. Right. I'm a terrible mother. And I recognize that, you know what, that's something that I can work on once I'm better. That's yeah. something that I can face later once I love myself and heal myself more. Yes. Before we love, we have to accept ourselves. Hey, here I am in this pandemic times. This is what I've got. This is where I'm struggling. This is what I need to survive this. My children watching TV or having lots of sweets or whatever it is. That acceptance of just being in the process. For a long time, I felt like I had to be the perfect one or I was nothing and that there was no in-between. And I mean, it was such a bind that I put myself in and a setup for failure because you're not going to be perfect. 
And I just think a lot of us feel that way. And, and just to say, hey, this is where I am right now. And I'm going to take care of me first because I've got to accept me first. And I'm going to do that for my children. So if I feel at all that it's selfish, it's absolutely not. It's not yeah. selfish. That's for my children. That's the step, as you so clearly discovered, that's the step to being the kind of parent I want to be with my children, loving them in the way that I want to. I've got to accept myself. You know, we are constantly judging ourselves and judging everyone else around us as mothers. It's always looking for who's doing it right and who's doing it wrong. And, you know, a year ago, the mother I would have been would have been the mother that you would have looked at and said, oh, God, she's doing it all wrong. She's shouting at her kids. She's angry. She's, you know, manipulating. She's X, Y or Z. But what I want us to all see is anyone that is acting like that with their children essentially is just wounded. They're only hurt. No one wants to treat their kids other than loving and beautiful and respectful the way that they deserve. But in order to do that, we need to also, as I said, get to that point of loving ourselves. But in those times, even as I was that parent who was angry and just not living up to any expectation that I had of myself, I was able to hold on to that one goal, that that viewpoint in the future that I'll just keep on taking one step forward. I'll just keep on fighting and I'll get there eventually. And I want your listeners to know that no matter what it is that they're experiencing right now, no matter what it is that they're dealing with, whether it's internal or external, whether it's their kids or their partners or whatever it is, to hold on to that slither of, I know I can do this because we can do this. We are empowered. We are way more powerful than we could ever imagine, women and men alike, you know? And I want everyone to realize that if they can just take a step back and see that maybe it's a need that's just not being met within themselves, maybe it's a bit of sadness or a bit of grief that they hadn't processed, maybe their child is just reflecting a part of them that's wanting so badly to be seen. I feel like us as a whole collective, just we all deserve better. And if we keep separating ourselves, the good parents from the bad parents, we're never going to get to where we need to get to. We need to all find the compassion, find the love and normalize healing ourselves first in order to change the generations, change the future and become this loving, safe, beautiful space that we and our children deserve. And never mind any of that, to actually experience the depths of love that is available to us when we let go of the pain. Because it's only now that I'm getting to experience that. Yeah, what you're saying there is so important. There's no bad parents. There's parents that are, like you said, wounded, they're hurting, they're struggling, they're you know healing, they're going through something, and they're not bad. They're in a process. So that same grace that we give to our children that I always talk about is the same perspective we have to take on ourselves first. Yeah. I was told that there are a lot of people that don't have children that listen to my podcast, even younger people, because they are hearing a version of being raised that maybe they didn't have. They could hear and relate to in terms of 
the healing that could happen to them, the way they could be perceived. That is just amazing that you just actually brought that up because that was my next point. One of the things that I, you know, recognized in my own healing was that desire to be held and loved and and mothered in a way that feels so safe and secure and loving. But it was such a difficult thing to imagine or feel when you haven't experienced it. You know, I, I found even just when I got on the phone call with you, I could feel the loving mother, the loving energy. And it brought me to tears even just as we began, because to be in the presence of someone that can fully see you, even that child self within you, is just beyond beautiful. And to see, like you're saying, that opportunity to be raised and re-raised because we can do that. You know, we can re-parent ourselves or imagine Janet Lansbury as my mom. You know, I've actually imagined you as my mom, by the way. (laughs) What would she say to me right now? How would she want me to show up for myself? And just even just feeling that embrace and that hug because us as parents, we take on the world. We have so much responsibility. And sometimes we just want to be taken care of the way the little child within us really wanted to be taken care of. You know, I believe so strongly now that our kids, when they're acting out, when they're doing things that really, really trigger us, I believe that they're reflecting the part of us that really is needing love. You know, I remember saying to you in the email that I really was really terrified, was terrified that I I was never going to love my child. Like I was terrified that I just hated him because, you know, I just felt so triggered by all of his behaviors and his actions. And I was afraid that no one would ever love him. And I was terrified of even admitting that. And then I realized it's not my little three-year-old that I hate. It's not my little three-year-old that I think is not going to be loved. It's me. I'm terrified that I am never going to be loved. I am terrified that I will never be seen. And he is ultimately just reflecting back all of that to me so that he can say, hey, your mom, please heal it so that you can love yourself exactly the way that I love you. And as you're saying through that inner parenting process, even by listening to your podcast, it's a great opportunity to re-parent ourselves because that is where it starts. Yeah, well, you said in that note, you said you would have just continued to blame your son, painting him with some brush, difficult, maybe ADHD, etc. But because of my work, you were able to look past that and know that he was not anything but a struggling little boy looking for a safe space, love and acceptance. And from there, you found yourself. Yeah. And that is ultimately it. You know, I I could have projected everything that I was feeling onto a label that I wanted him to be painted with. And it's not wanted, but, you know, what I recognize most in this healing journey was a lot of the times when I'm experiencing things outside of me with my kids or, you know, even with my husband, with the people in work, whatever it may be, a lot of the time it's a reflection of, what I need to see within myself or what I need to heal within myself. And um, sometimes we pass that blame onto other people around us. The kids are causing me to be stressed. My husband is causing me to be X, Y, or Z. But ultimately, it's really an opportunity to go, okay, what is it that I'm feeling right now? 
deep within me, what is it I'm experiencing? Because my kid is just doing what they're meant to do. They're being a child. They're not trying to punish me. You know, one of the things that definitely was big and strong for me was every action that my children took that I guess you would class as being naughty or a behavior. What my inner child was saying was, you see, they don't love us. They don't love us. You know, no one's going to love us. They hate us, you know. And so my reaction couldn't be calm and unruffled because the perception that I was having was they're doing this because they don't love me. A very different perception to have than seeing them as, wow, they're really exploring. Yeah. And if you think about that, you know, objectively, well, why wouldn't they love me? They love their parents more than anyone else in the world, almost no matter what. You know, if we get a little distance on that, then actually they're doing this because they love me so much. Definitely. Um, I would love you to share because I think it could be helpful if you have thoughts about this. Just some of the concrete steps that you took, things that you tried that really helped you as you're going through this healing inside. And then what were some of the things you tried, even things that didn't work? What kind of steps did you take when you were coming out of this with your children and shifting? So with regards to my own healing or with with both? Well, both, like in terms of them, though, like being more the parent that you wanted to be. How did you turn the corner, taking what you're learning about yourself? And then, you you know, you shared the thing about getting the different perspective on your son. Yeah. your spirited son, but were there any practices or steps that were helpful? I think that the biggest one was having the awareness, like, you know, having listened to your podcast, the awareness of what is really happening, you know, like, okay, he's having big emotions. This isn't about me. To be honest, in a lot of cases, I actually couldn't follow through with dealing with the situations adequately, you know, that in a safe and unruffled way. But also having that awareness was probably the biggest key. I was always able to repair and and that is never going to do as good as obviously just doing it right the first time. But I didn't have that option. That's right. No, no, no. I think this is perfect. This is exactly what I think is really helpful. So you start to get the perspective, but you would get it after the fact almost like you'd already have yelled or done whatever it was. Yeah gotten sharp with them. When I would react, I would essentially, I would go offline. My children would do something, you know, I would be triggered. And it was as if I checked out. I didn't have any control over my physical body. And essentially I would wake up afterwards and I would be filled with so much grief and pain that I had just reacted and acted in such a terrifying way, even to myself, never mind to a small little boy. But then, you know, straight away, obviously, I then would get down and be, you know, very upfront. I would say, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry. I've got a lot of pain inside my heart. And sometimes that makes me act in a way that I don't want to act. But you don't deserve that. And I'm really sorry. But the problem was, Janet, it was happening so often that the inconsistency of my parenting and my behaviors, nothing could repair the inconsistencies and everything that I was enduring. But 
what I guess I just kept on fighting for, as I said, was that inner healing. So if I could say what was the most concrete thing that I would recommend for every single parent, there's definitely some resources I would most definitely share. But I have a coach. She is a um, an inner child coach. But what I loved about her was she would work with me on my inner child, but also factoring in my kids and their behavior and helping me to understand how my children's behaviors were actually reflecting some of my own pain. And so she was helping me to interweave my parenting into my own trauma and my own feelings in order to have the awareness and the understanding and let it go so that I could be the confident mom that I wanted to be. And so what I find so important is finding a practice or a healing modality that works for you. You know, for me, as I said, I believe so, so strongly in inner child work, inner child healing, because I believe that's where it starts. And also it links so much into our parenting because essentially we're parenting a child within, it gives us that strength and awareness and ability to parent a child without. And even if you're a hundred years of age, you still have a little child within you. And so I believe that one step is probably the the biggest shift and change for me as a parent and how I parented the boys. The awareness of your work was absolutely so important. Letting people know that you don't have to get it all right. You don't have to be the perfect parent in order to have the goal that one day you will get to that point where you feel like a confident parent. You can listen to podcast from you say and take what you can take for the moment and implement that as best as you can but always come back to compassion that deep sense of I'm doing the best that I can do and if I leave the best that I can do on the table at the end of every day then there is nothing else I could have given and there is nothing else I have to do I know that my boys are very proud of me and I know that they do not at all resent me. And I know they love me beyond belief because we've went from a space of my kids wouldn't even hug me. They were terrified of me. They would barely hug my leg, you know, and now my toddler hugs me about 40 times a day. And he says, I love you to the moon and back. I'd say about 50 times a day. He is just showing me in every moment he just says to me without saying it, thanks for not giving up. Thanks for fighting for us. That's all he keeps saying. So you're the safe person they can share with now completely. But I had to allow myself to go through that process. So, you know, there's definitely some resources. Like if you do it, whenever you do the podcast and you, if you put it up on your Facebook, I would definitely love to share some resources beneath that podcast for anyone that's looking to do this work or anyone that's looking to, you know, just find the happiness because it's not even sometimes about the parenting. You might feel like your parenting's going good or okay, but you might feel like your relationship with your husband isn't the best or you're feeling lonely. All of this impacts us. All of it impacts our children. All of it impacts the collective. And so this work applies to absolutely everyone, not just parents, not just for our kids. Ultimately, it's for us so that we can have the happiness that we deserve. 
And I believe wholeheartedly that in order to experience the biggest and greatest depth of joy and happiness that is possible in this world, you have to be willing and ready and able to experience the depth of sadness and pain that might be within you. But it's worth it. What I considered during that time was was pretty dark and pretty deep. But believe me when I say the happiness is worth it. Joy is worth it. Connection with your kids is worth it. It's all worth it. If you're just brave enough to put yourself first and love you first, it's all worth it, I promise. That's so beautiful. Well, as one of your imaginary mothers, (laughs) I'm very, very proud of you. And thank you so much for sharing with us today. You're welcome. Just keep going. That's all I can say. Like, keep going and keep shining your awesome light. Thank you. Alwyn shares some afterthoughts to this conversation that I'll be posting in the transcript on my website and also some resources, including a contact email to connect with Alwyn for support. Those will be in the transcript and also in the show notes for this podcast. And thank you so much for listening. Please check out some of the other podcasts on my website, janetlansbury.com. There are many of them, and they're all indexed by subject and category, so you should be able to find whatever topic you might be interested in. And both of my books are available in paperback at Amazon, No Bad Kids, Toddler Discipline Without Shame, and Elevating Child Care, A Guide to Respectful Parenting. You can get them in ebook at Amazon, Apple, Google Play, or barnesandnoble.com, and in audio at audible.com. Actually, you can get a free audio copy of either book at Audible by following the link in the liner notes of this podcast. Thank you so much for listening and all your kind support. We can do this. If you like Unruffled, you can listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com slash survey. When you're committed to raising the standard, you're bound to ruffle some feathers. At Happy Egg, we like to say we farm differently. But in reality, we produce eggs the way people used to, by partnering with local small family farmers who raise our happy hens on eight or more acres. Because in our opinion, farming shouldn't be complicated. It should be happy. Choose happy with Happy Egg. Visit happyegg.com and look for the yellow carton at a store near you. Happy Egg.